0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two barbies and a Bughead. We're your hosts Sabrina Reed,
2: Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden.
1: Bring you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Schedules. So excited to be talking about schedules today, only because I want to complain. But first, <laughs> we're going to talk about the CW's um, Opening schedules, premiere schedule, um, when it transferred from being the WB and UPN to one happy family, I guess we'll say that.
0: Question mark. Um, Yeah, so let's get into Know Your CW history. The first programming schedule in fall 2006 kicked off, I think we said it in every episode so far, giving Seventh Heaven way too much promo. But Mondays was Seventh Heaven and Runaway, Tuesdays was Gilmore Girls and Veronica Mars, Wednesdays was America's Next Top Model. And Beauty and the Geek, they I think they shifted off in the fall. um, And that followed into One Tree Hill. Thursdays was Smallville and Supernatural. Fridays was WWE, Friday Night Smackdown. And Sundays was Everybody Hates Chris, All of Us, Girlfriends, The Game. And then Reba was a pinch hitter in late fall. So I don't know about you guys, but I was locked in on the CW on Tuesday nights for Game of Girls and Veronica Mars. But what do you guys think about this debut schedule?
1: Uh, it is very heavy on the previous shows. I guess we weren't sliding in just yet on a CW original, except for Runaway. I was watching Wednesdays because America's Next Top Model was my show. I loved all the drama, and I wanted to see the pictures at the end and who got sent home. Uh, and I loved One Tree Hill. And Thursdays, I would periodically turn into tune into Smallville. Because
2: um, I did enjoy Quick. We did say in the first episode That my first CW experience Was quite an interesting one And I can see it right there In Smackdown um, I did start watching Smallville and Gilmore Girls Retroactively So they came later But uh, in my neck of the woods Smackdown was on Sky Sports Before the CW was in existence and I still have vivid memories of The Undertaker walking up the aisleway as they literally said, join us on the season premiere on The CW. And that was <laughs> the first time I ever heard the words CW. And it's kind of stuck in my head then, and now I know why. Um, but yeah, I would say Gilmore Girls came in my life later. Smallville and Supernatural came into my life later. So as of 2006, the only CW show in my life was WWE's Friday Night Smackdown. <laughs>
0: That's an interesting interesting choice. <laughs> an interesting me- journey with the CW. <laughs> I have to say Thursday night Smallville and Supernatural, that's just a little bit iconic for me. Like that's I'm not the biggest Supernatural fan and I'm a casual Smallville van- fan at this point, but like that one-two punch, like can you believe?
1: Right, because looks like Thursdays were the night to watch on the CW. Yeah. But if like you wanted comedy, it would have been Sundays, which is odd. To- that's very heavy loaded uh, for the CW for, for a Sunday, like that you don't really think about.
2: Yeah. CW
1: Sundays.
2: It yeah, like they kind of just dumped all the comedies there. <laughs> <laughs> is, right. is right, and then they retired Sunday for a wee while, didn't they? Because wasn't it when Supergirl and Batwoman were well, in, or Supergirl was well into its and Batwoman was starting? They made a big deal about bringing Sunday Night back. So I wonder if maybe it didn't work as well back in the day that they wanted, so they retired it for a little while.
0: And they retired comedies. They just completely mm. were like. We give up on sitcoms.
2: <laughs> we get like
1: what one every five years or so? Um yeah,
0: there's nothing now. No. Maybe that's for the best.
1: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they can do comedy as long as it's tied to like drama, it seems. Like um, Jane the Virgin is good. Uh what's that one that's like a musical comedy Crazy Ex Girlfriend?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like, both of them won awards. So, like, for the CW, which is, like, unheard of. Like, mm. substantial awards. I mean, not to be fair to the Saturn Awards. My bad. But like, <laughs> the, but CW stars do get nominated for those. But in terms of Golden Globes, like, that was a big deal.
0: Yeah. And before that, I'm, I believe that, well, not the CW, but the WB. Like, Carrie Russell and Lauren Graham were the only mm. two from that um, network era that had been, I think Kara Russell won the Golden Globe. Somebody fact-checked me after the fact. Um, and then Lauren Graham was nominated for the first year of Gilmore Girls. And then after that, it was just like, we don't see you, CW slash WP.
1: Oh, god, that's sad. But then that means that the CW's initial success should be due to the WP.
0: Yeah, because they only, looking at this schedule, the only UPN... Um, holdovers were Veronica Mars and then the um, three comedies minus the game, because the game was a, an original. So the WB was really doing a lot of the heavy lifting in that first season. <laughs>
2: I will credit, uh, here, here comes the wrestling fan again, I will credit <laughs> Smackdown um, because everyone knows, even me in my neck of the woods, that Friday night was a bit of a death slot for television um, and unless you were ghost whisperer on CBS, nobody was drawing high numbers on Fridays and yet I think Smackdown performed admirably for the CW, which is why it stuck around for a long time. And I think it was a holdover from UPN. So I can see why they placed that there, other than the fact that it was like live on Friday. But we'll not talk about that. That doesn't match my point. But um, it performed very well on Fridays. Um, so I would say definitely top heavy as far as where the direction of the CW was going. It owes its success to the WBA. But it managed to place some of its UPN stuff really well at the time. Until they
1: sadly at- went off air.
2: Yeah, Mm. but I have
0: to circle back to that Ghost Whisperer reference because we're not getting enough of those in
2: 2022. (laughs) No, we're not. No, we're
0: not. Yeah, she really, she did that. Anyway, that's not CW.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's a shout out. Well deserved. Mm Yeah. Okay, as far as news goes, though, we're a little light, which I guess we should be thankful for. Um, because it's been a lot in terms of like casting news. I mean, there's one piece of casting news, and it's that Matt Barr is gonna be in Walker, the Walker Independence pilot. He'll play Hoyt Rollins, which he already played in Walker, but it'll be the 1800s version. Um, Mm -hmm. so he'll be cocky, brash, and foolhardy, an outlaw who wants to who will uh, I guess eventually change his perspective on life once he meets Abby Walker. How do we feel?
0: an interesting casting choice um I know the three of us have talked you know off pod about this but I think I was taken aback by Matt Barr's casting because I didn't know what direction they were gonna go in for this spinoff it seems like I don't know he's a CW veteran obviously so it makes sense but it I don't know it just it, there's a disconnect for me and what like I know we talked about who we thought. Um, could play Abby Walker or like our dream casting. And it doesn't, it seems like maybe they're going in a different direction than we had initially assumed.
1: I think so. Um, well, I thought it would be Matt, and I wish I had said that only because he's who I think of when I think, wait, Rollins, someone who's cocky and brash. But now I feel like it killed the dream of Nina um, that you, you mm-hmm. put forward, Reed, because. <laughs> That that doesn't work as a matchup. Um, so no. now I don't know who could could be Abby. I mean, Erica Durance could still work. I mean, if she was interested. But um, now that Abby Walker is back up in the air, my my hopes are dashed for this spinoff. Um, how do you feel about it, Michael?
2: I'm intrigued by it. I feel like we kind of talked it into existence by talking about the casting last week, and now we've got the other lead. Sort of, it it, it it It's funny that he played an alternate version of it, and I don't mean like in an Arrowverse alternate, like Earth Two version or the version from the future. We're just talking about their descendants. So I mean, you never know. You never know. <laughs> month, CW verse guys. Um, so it's just. It's. I I'm open to it. It's a bit. It feels obvious to me now since he already played an alternate version of the character. I mean, if we watched Walker, maybe we would have known that. Um, I'll give it a go. It's an interesting choice, and now again, it feels like an obvious one. But I'm for it, and we can see how it goes. We thought they'd go with a CW vet, and they went with a CW vet. I just
0: hope it works out for him because if it does go to series, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I hope this lasts more than one season because he hasn't had the greatest luck on the cw like lucy hale um he was in valor and hellcats once upon a time and those only lasted for a single season so i hope his luck is better for this walker spinoff
2: could go like a bit of a katie cassidy route because didn't she was in melrose plays and harper's island i think both of which only lasted one season correct me if i'm wrong um and then Arrow, she got seven of the eight seasons. And even on the one season, she was a guest star on it. So it just, hopefully, maybe this is his Arrow. Here's hoping for him.
1: Hopefully. I mean, it would be great not to be so tentative about Walker independence. Every time we bring it up, we're like, mm, maybe. Like, <laughs> Fingers crossed for those who are going to be involved. As far as like us, we're like, mm pilot episode we'll watch <laughs> like, yeah. um and perhaps perhaps they're making too much of it perhaps it'll be really, really really good um and but perhaps not but there is sad news that's not sad casting it's more like a farewell um because legends of tomorrow aired its uh finale um God, i'm missing my days wednesday this pod comes out on monday but last wednesday <laughs> um uh, and Nick Zano is leaving as a series regularly and he played Nate Haywood aka Steel since season two. so it's got to be uh, sad for like the cast and the fans who have who loved his character.
2: Yeah, it's quite uh, unfortunate news, especially if there's been an uh, ongoing complaint about Legends of tomorrow and that every time they add new characters they're not DC characters and only the original characters are like the remaining DC characters. Last last season, we said goodbye to uh, Branton Wright's Ray Palmer, who was there from season one. We also said goodbye to uh, Dominic Purcell's uh, Mick Rory, who was also there from season one. And so you lost two major season one characters. The only original left now is Sarah, but the closest to her was Ned. Now that Nick's left, it feels like we're losing sense of what the original show looked like now. There's Sarah. And then all of the newbies, and I know some of them have been around since season three, but since season two was so closely connected to season one, characters between the two of them kind of feel like they are originals. So it's unfortunate to lose them. A lot of people thought it was going to happen at some point, and this character... As long, as long as he's been in it, he's kind of wanted a happy ending and he's wanted love. And I, I, I see that they had that presented there. It was, it, it was going to come up eventually. And Instead of jumping around in circles, they decided to bite the bullet and go for it and give him that happy ending. And I think as a fan of the character, he deserves that and I'm happy he got it. But I will definitely miss seeing him on the show.
0: Now, is this show a silly time? Like, is it like f- more fun than serious?
2: Yes. Um, the first season was basically Doctor Who, but like with Arrowverse B, char- B-, B list Arrowverse characters. Um, and the response was fine, but like, why did this need to happen? So they decided to make it like off the wall in season two. And my favorite seasons were seasons two and three because it's, they were funny and dramatic after season three, they just completely went in the funny direction. And a lot of people fell off after that. Cause they thought that went too crazy. It's kind of reeled it back in a wee bit so that it's more serious these days, but it's still completely off the wall and bonkers. A lot of people think it's the easy, it's easy to accept it as long as it doesn't take place in the Arrowverse, even though it does, because it's tone does not match any of the other shows. Um, I love it as its own thing. It's been the little show that could for so long. People continue to underestimate it. People are once again underestimating it since it has yet to get renewed. I hope it gets renewed so that the little show that could can do it one more time.
1: It does seem like it's going to be a show that's appreciated after it's off air, Like um, by more people, I mean, because it does have a very enthusiastic fan base as a lot of the Arrowverse shows do. Um, But there are certain um, shows, and this is for any network, where they're really, really good Um, But most people do not appreciate them until they're available on streaming with all the seasons and then they'll just binge watch their way through it and then you'll have like a a mass, like, um, um, not inundation, but like I guess integration of new fans who didn't watch when it aired but are just as enthusiastic about the characters and what their futures might be on other Arrowverse shows if they do get put elsewhere.
2: Yeah. And I feel like as a, and now that it's kind of distanced itself from the other shows in the in the universe, that it's kind of picked up more fans along the way because some people just want to be entertained on a good time and they don't want to be weighed down by the shared universe and what's going on in the flash and Superman at Lois and stuff like that. I, I could never really imagine Legends of tomorrow and Superman at Lois crossover, even though they exist in the same universe and on the same earth. It just it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so a lot of people just like to experience this standalone, Hour of entertainment. And I, I can really appreciate that because ever since it's become its own thing in the last couple of seasons, it's harder to imagine it crossing over with the other ones. And I'm okay with that because it really works in its own kind of bubble. So why why uh, break something that ain't broken?
1: I hope it gets renewed soon, or okay. we get any renewal news soon. Um, because Batwoman also aired their season finale and they haven't been renewed either. The only thing that's been showing is the a commercial that's like watch our shows on the cw app and cwtv.com they're free they're free they're free like we get it they're free but if you want to help your shows out you guys do watch them on the cw app they are tracking those numbers um some of the shows have the latest episodes others will have their full seasons available batwoman is one of the shows that have their full season available so if you're behind on season three or you haven't seen it at all just watch them on the cw app
2: Give them them eyeballs it deserves. Yes. I'm getting,
0: actually, no, I was going to say I'm impatient for renewals, but I've, I've passed impatient a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. I'm some new emotion now that I, I don't understand. I, I need them. I need to, I'm anxious.
1: I know. And it's like, why hold on to them? Unless, I don't know if it's the sale, like, or if we're just holding out because we're deciding we're still trying to pare down what we want to keep and for how long we want to keep it. Um, and what will work well if they are going to be sold and transition into this new era for the CW, which I'm going to assume is still going to be the CW, just the CW that cares about ratings, um, (laughs) and whose schedule, I guess, will be better, um, Speaking of the schedule, should we be resigned to it being jacked up for a little while? Should we think of it as our new normal or that the schedule has evolved? How are you guys feeling about this year's TV schedule?
2: I'm in two minds about it. I feel like it's it's getting back on track, but it's not quite there yet. To use the recent examples of Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow, they just completed their latest seasons which literally erred right off the back of the previous seasons. There was a bit of a gap between Batwoman, but like Legends went off the air for like four weeks after season six, before season seven started. That was one of the first times like when a CW show ended its season, it was able to show a brief trailer in the credits for the next season. That's how far in advance they'd filmed. Now it's got to the stage, obviously, where they've ran out of episodes because those seasons ran through and they've yet to be renewed for new seasons. So it feels like, Running Batwoman and Legends so close together and per- keeping them paired up because it worked so well the last time, it feels like they're trying to maintain a sense of familiarity in order to get things back on track completely. We 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 aired the same shows with two seasons back to back, and then now we'll take them off the air. It, like t- you taking a new season off the air in March. Like it wrapped its run in March. That's pretty early, all things considered. So I feel like if they do get renewed, we'll see them return in the fall because that's a healthy gap now and gives the cast a break after filming two seasons back to back. So I'm excited to see. What this new schedule looks like, because I feel like it's been ever evolving and we are we are heading towards an end game. But I don't think the final version will look like the original schedules looked with a summer break in the middle and shows fall shows constant and summer shows and spring shows constant. I do think there will be a little bit more evolution now because the pandemic put them in a position where they had to try that approach and it mostly worked out quite well for them.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the networks have gotten back to some sense of normalcy, and the CW is just kind of like going with the flow and seeing what happens. (laughs) Like, it seems like they're unafraid now to run seasons and through the summer, or start at random points, or premiere a show for five episodes, then take it off for a few months until March. (laughs) Um, As much as I do, kind of wish we could get back to what we used to have, like. fall fall to summer, October to May, just to be able to like keep track of that in my own mind of like, okay, I know this show is going to be on this time and it's going to go through this time. Now it's just so much like we don't know what to expect. It could be off for two weeks. It could be off for a few months. It could come back at any point. And I guess there's something kind of liberating to that probably for the Mm -hmm. network, that they don't have to be beholden to a specific... Um, schedule, but it is stressful for the viewer. I think personally,
1: I like that word "liberating" because I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about it that way. Um, and for the network, it definitely would be liberating. Like, oh, okay, we we know we have this amount of footage, and we can drop these. Like with Dynasty, we have this amount of footage. It can be like a whole holiday thing. We'll drop it, and then we'll see y'all in March. Like for fans that's not a not a good thing but for them it's like we gave you a little something okay you got you got to find some answers and now we'll have a full season for you in the following year like mm, okay and the experimenting did i'm not sure if there would be benefit some shows but it did slot them into more like a summer schedule so there's like stargo ended up being more like a summer show i new mexico it might as well be a summer show now um and then in the dark as well. So they, there's some summer programming going on for um, for the CW when no one thinks about the CW in the summer. It's the fall and the midseason and everybody seems to roll out. But now it's like, oh, I have a show possibly coming in June or July. So I'll be around and you're waiting to watch it.
0: It's kind of cool though to see like heavy hitters on in the summer because summer is usually like where they throw like the strange, like weird <laughs> shows that you wouldn't see in fall. Um, they throw like, I'm just thinking of other networks that have like weird soap operas or like game shows and whatever um but it's cool to see shows that we would normally see on in the fall or uh, mid-season that they can carry through the summer and still um draw an audience
2: yeah i think you've seen that kind of success with like star girl for example um, when I know it wasn't a CW show to begin with It was a DC Universe show But they, decided, they did the re-ear thing Which they then later did with Gossip Girl They re-eared it in the Flash's slot As soon as the Flash finished Or I, I say finished, I mean ran out of episodes pre-pandemic And um, they aired Stargirl in that slot And it performed really well for them So they saw, I think that, that put them in a position Where they could see that that slot still works in the summer So why not save a heavy hitter or two for that and last summer they had the likes of Supergirl and Superman and Lois, and even the Flash running through the summer. I know they're probably having a, sh- a tentpole like the Flash running through the summer isn't ideal for them, but they made it work. And I don't, I don't know. We could end up seeing the same thing this year now, given that it's not back until March. So I think, do think they're open to experimenting it now that they've been put in the position that they have to, had to try it out. And as we said, like the likes of Stargirl worked, the Flash worked, maybe the ratings would have been slightly lower than they would have been in the fall, but like, if this is the CW, the original CW, at least that we're talking about, they really won't mind as long as people are tuning into them over the summer.
1: That's true. The only concern, though, would be like, when are the shows going to land on Netflix if they have a Netflix deal? Because uh, last year was a mess in terms of mm-hmm. when you could expect the show that you've been waiting um, to land. Like Legacies took months for um, real. Um, landed so close to uh, the premiere of of River Vale Um, and it just threw everybody off who wanted to catch up before the new seasons aired but I'm not sure if fans should worry this time we do know that Legends of Tomorrow is in Netflix in March like that's a good indicator that we're going to follow the same the week after the finale airs you will see your show on Netflix Um, but do you guys think fans should be worried?
0: I don't know did they ever explain why those shows didn't go to... They were just like, oh, oops, we forgot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Basically, well, like, they were, Someone like, Someone forgot to quiet. press the button. <laughs> like, no one pulled the lever. And I was like, what were they pulled the wrong lever? Like,
0: crump. Um, <laughs> they were like, oh, I thought you hit upload.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and months went by. Um, but no, I don't remember them coming out to, to explain anything. They were like, it's hitting Netflix this day. Have fun. Also, our shows are coming back in the fall. Enjoy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're like we're busy. We'll get to it when we get to it.
2: Chill out. <laughs> 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 the fact it happened to Legends of Tomorrow last year wasn't it? Wasn't that with was the third one? It, I don't think it was quite as it wasn't as quite as headline grabbing as the others because they, they waited ages for them. But the fact that now Legends we know is coming, maybe maybe that's the a solution they've been waiting for. If one of the shows that was a problem last last season is one of the first ones to arrive, maybe, maybe they've, they've figured it out. Maybe they've got the acting gear. Um, it's interesting to say, but again, with them all ending at different times of the year, like why would a show end in March with them all ending at different times of the year? It's going to be harder to predict when they're coming, especially with that fear that they might end up being left edges again.
1: I hope not. I really hope not, because that's not what the deal is. It'd be different if, if fans knew this is a streamer where you have to wait 30 days before the new season comes mm-hmm. in order to watch it. Like, I believe that's going to be the case with Batman when it comes to HBO Max. We won't see it until 30 days before season four. Um, So you're going to have to watch it on the CW app or CWTV.com um but since that's not the netflix deal like of course netflix subscribers are going to be like what's happening like are they transit because the thing is it makes you wonder are those shows going to transition to hbo max or paramount plus is that why there's a holdover are you is negotiating something with netflix to pull all your cw shows off so you can have them on um the same streaming home instead of having them on separate um ones but we won't know until more news comes and they've been mum about it so i guess mm-hmm. we will just have to have to wait. In the meantime, we can speculate about acquisitions because that's another thing they're not talking about other than saying that we have them and they're coming. Like there's Bump, the one about a teenage girl who was pregnant um, and she's a Catholic student. Leonardo, which is about Leonardo da Vinci. And Professionals, which has Tom Welling in it, which I think is about special agents. Um, should have looked mm-hmm. that up, but I did not. So I'm going to say I think it's about special <laughs> agents.
0: It has Tom Welling. That's enough. <laughs> exactly. That's all we need to know. I'm surprised they're still doing acquisitions because it feels like every other network has just kind of moved away from that. Um, but more power to them. I don't
2: know how it's going to help them out. And
1: hey. like, good luck. <laughs>
2: To go down another Bear with me I'm going down another DC rabbit hole here um, I feel like Wasn't it the first acquisition They thought Well If you can include Stargirl that, They didn't know The pandemic was going to happen At that time That was just good luck They obviously had uh, Their close relationship With the DC universe Made proved prove Stargirl worked They aired it Even though it wasn't their show It later became their show Wasn't one of the first Real acquisitions Was Swamp Thing um, And they aired it During the fall Of 2020 The pandemic year 2020 um And they also were it in the flash slot, I think, or was it the later one? But either way, it was on a Tuesday night, which again, again, earning another DC property in that show or in that net- or a slot, it really worked for them. Um, And that was, that, that like, to put things in perspective, that show had been canceled a year beforehand. It had become a cult classic. It should never have been canceled. Apparently it performed very well. DC Universe just didn't, did, didn't want to make it. Um, so it performed very well for them a year and a half later. And I... I know they're limited as far as what other DC properties they can go, but they've definitely kind of tried to stay in that bubble, seeing what kind of acquisitions work. Didn't they have the CBS All Access ones with Paul Wesley in it as well? Tell me a story. There's a CW connection. Professionals now with Tom Welling, there's a CW connection. Brandon Fraser, who's in Doom Patrol and now Batgirl, there's a DC connection. So it it does feel like they're trying to appeal to their audience with their acquisitions so that maybe they don't have to keep producing this show, that show, and the other, and they can fill any holes in the schedule. But like. If it works, as you said, more power to them. Are you saying they're trying to trick us?
0: They're like, hey, look, I'm willing. (laughs) D.C.
1: (laughs) No, but I like that, though, that they have connections to the CW or D.C. Um, With Bump or Leonardo, I I don't believe they do, but they do have sort of premises that people are familiar with. So, like, Bump, what you think about, Jane the Virgin, because we did a whole pregnancy thing, Um, that high school student is not a reincarnation of Mary the Virgin, but it is still sort of has elements about Catholicism um, and pregnancy, and I guess working your way through finding connection with your baby's father. Then with Leonardo, it's a historical drama, and we did that with Rain, um, which is really good. It was about um, Mary, Queen of Scots. So mm-hmm. there's some connection. It doesn't seem like we're just out in the weeds necessarily. It's stuff that the people who watch CW would be interested in. And I think Leonardo. I could be wrong um so correct me if i'm wrong i think it's led by freddie heimer or at least he's in it
2: hmm. i'm not sure yeah i never heard of that one until you mentioned it a few weeks back um if that's true i can see why they're appealing to that kind of audience i do feel like they've like links there's there there is you can link back every one of those new acquisitions to something that worked on the network pre- previously um so i can see why they're doing it i i it doesn't really make sense in today's day and age that they still need to rely on it when they are probably producing more content than any other network. But I can see if it works, why, why, why not try it out? Because uh, it, it, they've proven it's a success. Uh, Stargirls and Swamp Thing's numbers at the start were huge. So why not keep going for it? I guess
1: we're going to assume that those are going to hit in the summer. Um, and not be slotted in in spaces in the fall. Not that we all know what the 2022 to 2023 television schedule is going to look like really, because again, we don't have any renewals, Mm -hmm. Um, but we have some ideas of how this could play out from Monday to Sunday, just based on what the schedule looks like now. Um, So Monday, if All-American gets renewed, we we think we're going to keep that as All-American Monday's, But there's a thing about All-American Homecoming about where, like, will it stay with its parent show where they try to experiment moving it elsewhere if it is renewed so they can see if it just works better on a different day? Because I know there's some rumblings in the fandom already, even though All-American Homecoming just started, that They're supposed to be on the same timeline and they are, but like you're starting to ask questions about like, okay, if Jordan's doing this here and he's talking to Simone, but Simone is already in school and it's summer in All-American and they're not at college yet, but Simone is going through her first classes in All-American Homecoming. It's starting to break the wall um, in a way because they're playing um, one after the other. So I don't know how long they'll keep them paired together if they want to keep them paired together.
0: Maybe they could break them apart, air one in the fall, one in mid season, or go the route of 911 and 911 Lone Star, start one in the fall, let it go on a break, and then the other one premieres, and then eventually they meet back up. But I do, I could see them splitting them apart to try to set Homecoming, give it its own identity, its own place, and apart from All American. I don't particularly know about the timeline thing that's crazy to me (laughs) that they're like supposed to be lined up but they're not so maybe it would benefit if they were separate in the future
2: yeah i can the 911 example is the one i thought of as well it's like because they have the title of the original show in their own title it's hard to keep them that separate and you're already appealing to a fan base that's already established so that's that's an advantage but i do think using the slot of the original show, All-American, um, to er one and then or the other and then bring them back together later in the season is actually a really good idea because it keeps them linked, but also gives them the chance to shine on their own. If, you, if an All-American fan knows they're going to get All-American on Monday, regardless of what the show is, swapping one out with the other is a great idea. And it also avoids... Sticking one in the later slot, because no matter how popular it is, the one in the later slot is more likely to get lesser viewers. It always happens. So it, it, it avoids that for a while. And then when you do put them back together, inevitably it's going to happen. But at least it it, it allows them both to shine on their own for a little while in the first part of the year. And then uh, bringing them together to close out the season, even if it affects the ratings a little bit, at least there's an explanation for it. Because they, they are separate enough. But they're also linked enough, so uh, I think they could play back and forth with that in the way that nine 9-1, the nine one one franchise does.
1: Because I like the idea that it would have its own identity eventually. Because you don't want it to be oh, like you want it to be Simone's show, but you don't want to be like oh Simone's show that's spin off from Spencer. What's happening in All American right now? Wait, are the timelines linking up? Like when is you're always going to wonder if Jordan, her boyfriend, is coming. But you also want the, her show to have its own spot on the CW without having to be beholden to the storylines happening in All-American. So switching, moving it from uh, to an, uh, the same slot. I'm trying to actually wrap my mind around this after you guys <laughs> positive. <laughs> um, uh, later in the year. Yes, um, it would. I think it would work. I like that idea and it still remains All-American Mondays, but allows you to sort of um, pay attention to this one story here and then pay attention to the next one um, in the mid-season, perhaps. What's not going to work for the Flash fans, though, um, is there not being any Flash Tuesdays, and I think we might be done with Flash Tuesdays. Um, now that Stephen Mane Lois has taken over the 8 o'clock Tuesday slot, and, and the Flash has been bumped to Wednesday, and that's already been a problem I've seen in terms, not of course, of ratings, but for Flash fans. who It's a legacy show, and you bumped a legacy show for a show that's, been on not even for a full two seasons it's superman but the flash has been on for nearly 10 years and now it's got a new time slot and a new day
2: yeah i think uh moving superman at lois into the 8 p.m slot was actually a wise idea i understand that as a flash fan that it's very strange not to see their biggest show of all time not in its usual slot why move it if it's successful but that could in my opinion have a lot to do with what we already talked about the how the acquisitions like star girl and swamp thing also performed incredibly well in that slot i think last season superman at always was in the 9 p.m slot so no matter how well it did it always could have done better if it was in the early one and the flash got in the way of that because it was in the early slot and i think when the cw noticed that the Flash was still getting lesser ratings and lesser viewers than Superman at Lois, even in the early slot, that it was time to move the Flash somewhere else and see how if Superman at Lois was doing that well in the late slot, how well could it do in the early one? And then it worked like you saw. Its it's, it's premiere was the most watched episode of the season thus far, not not just the Superman at Lois season, the CW's whole season. Um, And then I think the second one actually increased on that. So moving into the 8pm slot was so wise, I don't think they'll go back on it. But yet, It would be wrong and disrespectful to move The Flash into the later slot because it's clearly drawn viewers in. Of course, the ratings are dropping. Putting it to the later slot would make that even worse. So I think it would be good to keep it in the 8pm slot on Wednesday, provided it performs well. Kung Fu performed performed well in that slot, and that showed that that slot can work. So why not let a veteran like The Flash have fun on it and keep it around next season on Wednesday?
0: I agree with you because I think moving The Flash kind of shows how much faith they have in it they know that people will follow it wherever it goes and they have enough faith that it can move to a new night and perform well even though it sounds like it's not performing as well but guys i don't know tuesdays are bulletproof it sounds like it seems like they use tuesdays as like a launching pad and look gilmore Girls originated that time slot so it's it's got a nice legacy
1: it's the gold spot like that's where you want to be uh, but i did like the like the, the positive um note you made read that like they trust the flash will do well regardless yeah and it's like not it's not so disrespectful that they moved it to sunday i think we just start like pitchfork should come out if the flash come, starts premiering on sundays um because that's never been a slot that people have historically been like yay about um uh, and we'll get to Riverdale being in the Sunday slot. And <laughs> once we talk about Walker and Nancy, because I have an opinion on that one, but as far as Thursdays, I think that's locked in as Walker and uh, legacies. If it's renewed, um, we'll also hold the Thursday line. I don't know. We don't talk about CW Thursdays really. Is that a, that's not a slot that people are like tuning into as much as you would think Like we don't talk about Thursdays for the network.
0: It seemed like it used to be a big one with, smallville and supernatural i don't know what the history of thursday nights is because they do seem to have like their themes every day of the week and i'm not sure thursday was ever my night on the cw <laughs> <laughs> i
2: think i'm going way back here I'm not, I'm not this old but i think the vampire diaries used to earn uh, thursdays um and then when the originals started they paired the two of them together so that was your Thursday nights and considering the ratings those two got, it was, it was a thing for a while, but you're right. In the last, ever since the CW has become this kind of like DC uh, base, I haven't heard anyone talking about Thursdays that much. It doesn't seem to be that big a thing. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't remember any of the big Arrowverse shows ever taking Thursday. Maybe Arrow was on at one point. I don't know. But uh, Thursday used to be a thing when it was in the whole like vampire teen era, but it, it just, it kind of seeming hasn't translated. Of course, Walker does well but like, I don't see that show generate that conversation afterwards. So maybe it's a safe TV slot, but just not maybe as like one that want to move one of their big fan base shows to. Hmm,
1: that's interesting because I did forget that. I mean, if the Vampire Diaries did come on on Thursdays, that makes sense then for the legacies being in that slot because it's a legacy slot. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, um, and then, I'm not sure why Walker would be there, but that makes me wonder if Legacies doesn't get renewed in um, Walker Independence does get picked up and they decide to run it for the fall instead of the midseason, then we could see uh, Thursdays being Walker Thursdays because you'd have Walker mm-hmm. and then you'd have Walker Independence. I'm going to assume that uh, the Walker premiere would probably sort of allude to Walker Independence. Like we get a backstory and someone sitting in a grainy photo on a... um on like a mantle and then you'll get like introduced to Abby Walker and Hart Rollins in the nine o'clock slot. So that could be interesting and a little fun actually. Um, speaking of fun though, Fridays would be the Nancy verse. So we'd have Nancy Drew if it gets renewed and Tom Swift, which you know we're getting, we just don't know when we're getting it. But again, I'm assuming in the fall.
0: Here's my fear. As we're talking about the schedule, I'm thinking, wow, they have a lot of nights where it's they could have two shows of the same, like All-American, All-American Homecoming, Walker, Walker Independence, Nancy Drew, Tom Swift. It seems like unless you're a fan of those shows, you're probably not going to tune into that full hour. So they're catering to a very specific group of viewers. So that makes me think that they're not, they might not debut all of it in the fall at the same time. Because like, you just can't have four No, wait six hours let's do math <laughs> mental math <laughs> six hours of your schedule devoted to uh, three different universes do you know what i mean mm-hmm. does that make sense
1: yeah no it does make sense because unless they're trying to pivot like away from the air because the airverse took over the cw on each of the top uh, on each of the days i think for a period there it could be wrong at least it was the majority of the schedule and so if we're pivoting um, with be pivoting to spin-off series, but you're right that doesn't that doesn't work. It also costs lot. fatigue for fans yeah because you'll feel like you need to tune in because this is this is the original show. this is the spin-off. we want the spinoff to succeed, but it's nine o'clock um, and perhaps mm-hmm. you want to watch something else or perhaps watch something else that isn't in the same universe. So it is it is a fear point. I think you're right, Reed.
2: I also could see them adding Batwoman at Legends back again if they are renewed. I know we said the flash is in the Wednesday slot and that's the issue here. But uh, Batwoman at Legends perform far better on Wednesdays than they ever did on Sundays. Again, we're getting to Sundays. Um but yeah. the fact is uh it just feels like of course, they're they're the they're the lesser watched hour over shows, but we've talked about this before, they have an unbelievable ability to remain steady. Right now, the network kind of needs that steadiness. So I think to keep them off until the uh, the spring season would be a mistake. So because they, 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 they strike me as the more networky shows. The CW is trying to branch out and do these like big budget shows like Superman and OS and whatnot. Whereas the, the Legends and Batwoman strike me as those stable networky shows. They, they kind of adopt a procedural format, but there is an underlying story. So I feel like they might try to bring them back if they renew them just because they can guarantee solid ratings. It may not be high, but solid ratings is kind of what it needs right now.
1: Hmm. But bringing back in what you said, Michael, um, which the new shows, which I, w- I hadn't considered that. like So you have like Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow, but then you have um, like, where would Gotham Knights be? I would assume that would be uh, a fall premiere. Like you like if it's DC TV, you'd want it in the fall. Um, I mean, they could do it in the mid season, but you'd, I think you'd want to premiere that yeah. um, show mm-hmm. in the fall. So now it seems like we might have an abundance of riches. Uh, and they will have to, once again, retool their schedule.
0: They've always managed, though, even in those seasons where they renewed every single show, they found a way. <laughs>
2: That's true. We'll have That's more five-episode events in no, in no time.
0: <laughs> Before oh, we yeah. go to Sunday, Thanks. I do want to say that I feel like the CW, more than any other network, has reclaimed Fridays because Friday used to be the, the death slot. You'd move a show to Friday and you're like, oh, well, that show's getting cancelled. But I feel like they've, with nancy drew charmed in dynasty they've really taken back friday they're not the biggest ratings getters obviously because friday is not a huge night for tv but i think they've reframed how we view fridays Mm -hmm. like they can be entertaining they don't have to be where you you know throw um shows out to pasture (laughs) and slowly kill them
1: That's true. And they have big fan bases too. So they are tuning in. Um, The thing about the CW is, I mean, it'll change soon, I guess, is they don't really care about ratings. Um, They care that they're talked about and their shows are talked about and that they have large fan bases to draw from. And all three of the shows you mentioned do.
0: Yeah. But Sundays. Mm -hmm. Here we go. What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on?
1: I oh, don't know. Chaos. I mean, I guess that makes sense for Riverdale, but Riverdale Sundays, I mean, are we sure? Can we, we think and then move?
0: It feels weird this far into it. I could have seen it. I don't know. The whole them branching out into Sundays was threw me through a loop for a few seasons ago. But moving Riverdale, not that it needs to stay on Wednesdays by any means or whatever day it was on, um, but it's just weird. Like I can see it like back in the day that you had like the desperate housewives on Sundays on ABC. And that was like a big night of television. I don't, can Riverdale (laughs) hold down the Sunday fort? I don't
2: know. Uh, 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 That's my uh, contribution to that. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what they make the cw has kind of been hit and miss with sundays we did talk about how they used to have it with the comedies and now the, now the comedies are extinct was that because they were on on sundays Um, then they brought in batwoman and supergirl the whole sundays supergirl held sundays for fine um but to use the same show in batwoman as an example the pilot episode got 1.8 million viewers on a sunday night which is kind of huge but that show then was later paired with Legends and the two of them were not performing very well on Sundays at all. Those two shows were then moved to Wednesday and Legends in particular grew immensely. Its audience went way back up, which is for a show in its seventh season should not have happened. So it did raise questions about whether the Sunday night slot could actually work because of how quickly viewers dropped off Batwoman on Sunday nights and how quickly they returned to Legends on when it was moved to Wednesdays. So, for Again, we could have a bit of a similar thing with CW Fridays here. Move your smaller shows to Friday and nobody saying, oh, they're performing badly because it's Friday. It's just, oh, they're among the less watched shows on the network, but you can guarantee that audience will tune in, move them to Fridays. So maybe they're hoping to have a similar thing here with Riverdale, but because Riverdale has such this big, larger than life reputation with its Netflix worldwide appeal, um, Moving a show that is struggling in live TV viewers to a Sunday night slot when it's probably going to struggle even more, on paper, doesn't sound wise to me. Again, it gives it a reason for the, why the ratings are so low, but we already know going into it that the ratings are so low. So I don't know if moving it to Sundays in particular, one that gets so many people talking or in it on one of the quieter TV nights of the week was a wise idea.
1: Yeah, especially because, like, currently, I believe CW Sundays, it's um, non-scripted television. Like, we started uh, the television season with Killer Camp and the the Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple stayed, Killer Camp got pulled after two episodes. Like, Mm -hmm. the Sunday legacy is not not strong, Um, and to put Riverdale there after Riverdale did not do... Um, really good and to be fair that was a mini series inside a series that people didn't understand and didn't really think they needed to watch in order to understand uh, the rest of season six Uh, I mean because they can google really what happened and Roberto did say that you could that you need to know what happened in River Realm in order to understand the way the relationships are changing and some of the plot points um, in the rest of season six but Fans are just going to Google and look right back up when the show is actually in the timeline that they're used to. But how many fans are going to tune in? Like, I mean, you have the Barchies who are excited for the kiss. Jughead fans are going to tune in uh, because he's losing his hearing. Um, Cheryl fans are like, is she going to remain a witch? Like, She's telling them that she cursed them. Is the curse real? Um, So there's storylines to delve into, especially if you're a Buckhead waiting to see if Jughead and Betty will reunite. After she has her, I'm assuming they're going to refer to it as a dalliance if you're a fuckhead chipper and like she's lost her mind and she'll get back with Jughead when she regains um, her mind. I, I don't feel that way, y'all. I'm barchy, but I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to let y'all have your opinion. So they'll tune in, but your core fans will t- turn, tune in. But I just, I'm not rocking with Sundays. It's not euphoria. Uh, it's just not.
0: Maybe, okay, maybe i'll give them the benefit of the doubt like i did with the flash maybe they're trying to revamp sundays and they have faith that riverdale could do that i don't know
2: am i giving them too much credit
0: (laughs) or they uh, just like i don't know what to do with riverdale
2: (laughs) i feel like um sundays this could work on one for one front uh Rivervale's ratings were really low and that was not helped by the fact that it was the first time the show ever aired in the 9pm slot because it aired after The Flash's five episode event so yes of course ratings were going to hit an all time low then when they were already falling I believe on Sundays it's moved back to the 8pm slot and I don't think there's anything else on after it so I do expect to see a bit of a rise, but again, at the end of the day, that could be cancelled out by the fact that it's Sunday. So do you know what I'm saying? And maybe if mm-hmm. they moved it to a different night at 8pm, that could have worked. And as well as international fans, I think this could also impact their viewing because that means it's going to drop on Netflix worldwide at on Mondays. And over here, that would be 8 a.m. in the morning. And nobody's going to get up for work at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning and think, oh, I need to watch Riverdale. Whereas the fact it used to air on Fridays over here on Netflix. And that was so handy because you'd watch it on the Friday night. Obviously, when it moved to Wednesday and, uh, and Tuesdays and all, the days changed. And maybe that impacted its global figures. But I just think one time you do not want a new episode of your favorite TV show to drop is first thing on a Monday morning
1: no actually that sounds really bad I mean I guess you could think about it if you were going to be positive like it's gonna be like my energy for the day but it's Monday and a lot of people don't like Mondays I like Mondays actually but I'm a rare breed so (laughs) like uh the I just don't see how someone like you said is gonna pop up eight o'clock in the morning like I'm gonna watch you for work and it's gonna be great
0: my suggestion is throw a walker on Sundays
2: (laughs) (laughs) bangs gavel end of discussion (laughs) (laughs)
1: I, that,
2: yeah, that's actually an interesting point. I would like to see that just to see if it could draw the same kind of viewers. It's like the yeah. second or third most watched show behind Superman at OS um, and Kung Fu and The Flash. Um, but I don't see any of those moving. I think Walker, because it has this whole like TV audience, it doesn't necessarily translate to online fans. It could perform well. And I just, I would like to, the chaos in me really wants to see if it could perform well um, on Sundays. I mean, it's, it's still it.
0: yeah and it's still like early days for walker just still walker and independence on sundays just do it no one cares
1: <laughs> no i like that idea um and then we can leave it there because i just don't sundays aren't it y'all it's not it um but what is it is superman and lois season two which again is being so fire i love it so much what do you guys think of the latest episode
0: i loved it um My favorite scene was um, when Clark was brushing his teeth. You just don't see enough dental hygiene on TV. And of course, I'm not (laughs) talking about dental hygiene. If you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I did like the episode and all jokes aside.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a great one. Um, I really, really liked seeing uh, Jenna back as Lucy Lane. I think it adds a whole new layer of family drama to the story. It's nice to hear about the Ali story without actually seeing her because I know we have divisive opinions about her. Um, and it gave a more we, we talked about how the season was darker. This uh, the, this this still dealt with the story, but it leaned towards the family area of it. And that's where the show was at its best. And we saw plenty of that. Of course, there's some sports drama. Of course, there's some bizarro drama. Of course, there's some DOD drama. But in general, family is where the show's heart is. And I feel like that uh, this episode was full of that. Same.
1: I like that. Um, Because the show is the family drama CW needs. Um, but I will say uh miss lana with her fur collared coat and her hoop earrings walking away from kyle it was a moment Icon, it was a moment I
0: legend the moment
1: yes Ugh. she's great she's fantastic I a- go ahead
0: no you finish your thought because i'm opening up a new subject i think
1: i am too Uh-oh. but it's a it's about the coffee scene between her and clark
0: okay no let's get into that that was
1: oof. i just i have one fear I have one fear for Superman and Lois and it's cheating um, with Clark either cheating or Lois cheating. So when Lana was like, what would you do if uh, Lois cheated on you, Clark? And I was like, Lana, don't speak that up. Like, I know you're going through, but don't do that to me. I don't want to be put into the fear zone with you. Don't drag me there with you.
0: (laughs) I hope Clark doesn't cheat. He feels like he's a little too busy. He's got a lot going on. Like he's Superman. He's flying all over the place. Like do what you need to do, Clark. But Lois does kind of worry me now that that conversation happened. And that didn't, it wasn't a fear in the moment when they were having that conversation and they didn't realize till after. And I was like, let's not make that foreshadowing or like manifest it. it.
1: Exactly.
2: No, we don't need that. I feel like uh Lo- Lois is always portrayed as something of a flawless character. So it's really it's really intriguing that this season decided to finally highlight some of her flaws. She did the right thing. Or no, she, well, she did the logically wrong thing, but for all of all of the right reasons. And I feel like that's the kind, like that's the kind of like flaw in Lois I really adore because we all know that she's a determined reporter and that she'll do whatever she can to ultimately do the right thing. And that's exactly what she did, even if in the moment it was the wrong thing to do. Um, I don't feel like we need to go down the whole uh, affair storyline or anything like that. That was one of the fans' uh, worries to begin with. We don't need to do that again. The show did an incredible job of quashing that early on. We don't need to revisit that. And that's not a doing the right thing at all kind of thing. And that's not a flaw. I could see Lois committing. Um, And there's enough going on in the show with genuine real family drama. I feel like anything in that area would be really forced.
0: Okay. So, it but what be. was the T in the beginning, that beginning sequence? There was that, um, that I'm fumbling with my words. There was a shot of Lana in like a suit.
1: Oh, in the Bizarro world. Um, yeah. that whole opening sequence, it was amazing. This episode was directed by Amy Jo Johnson, right? Like
0: Felicity Legend, yes.
1: <laughs> it was amazing. I think,
0: Power Ranger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, but Lana, I guess, has powers or maybe is a super soldier in the Bizarro world. I know Bizarro, how we call is his name Bizarro in the Actress of Man and Lois version? I just do go call him. Bizarro said that he is not well liked um, in his world. Um, and I'm assuming that means his his enemies might be the people that love Clark in our world. Which that makes me fear seeing Lois, but like Lana going back to bat with him and they were fighting. I was like, oh, that's that's different.
2: That's uh, as the comic book fan here uh, can definitely add a little bit of uh, context to that. Please, please, um, please, please. And <laughs> uh, I believe in the comics and in some variation of the comics, I don't know all of them. That would be impossible. Um, I believe that Lana becomes Superwoman and that she wears an outfit similar to that the s is not reversed the way it was in bizarro's world because it was supposed to be the whole back to front thing but she does wear an outfit similar to that of course in this show it was made to look like the superman of america outfit that uh, the lieutenant anderson's people have been wearing only again the s was flipped um, and it was more of a bizarro looking one um and it what really intrigued me was that it's like we're kind of following a similar pathway that we did in season one and that there's an alternate universe only this time it's not one of the many earths out there that we've seen in the Arrowverse before it's not nothing to do with crisis this is what we call the mirror verse so it's like it's not in parallel universe it's like it's like within the mirrors so everything's kind of inverted as we know bizarro's strengths or superman's weaknesses bizarro's weaknesses or superman's strengths um, and then what really was interesting was we talked about how bizarro supposed to be his enemies or maybe Superman's friends in the alternate world. But the second half of the episode had our Superman undergo the exact same fight sequence only with the DOD agents in, uh, because of what Anderson did. And it was exactly, it was shot the exact same. It was an incredible fight scene. Superman was weakened by the kryptonite and the red light. I, I, I thought it's kind of, I think it's following a similar pathway that we saw last season in that John Henry Irons was in a different world. Things went differently, but halfway through the season, there's that moment where things start to go parallel and you're like, What will happen next? So it seems like events that happened in the mirror universe are now starting to repeat in real life, only with our Superman, now that he's been in prison, just like Bizarro almost was in his world. So it's really interesting to see where it goes and what kind of role. Is Bizarro the villain here after all, or maybe is he just a victim? So I'm really intrigued to see where it goes.
1: I think he's like a great character because he does not care about killing anybody. Like it's a means to an end. So um, he's not like Clark at all. But it is, I'm really intrigued to see like his character. I don't know if it will evolve or if we'll just you know, learn more about him and our opinions on him will evolve, which is a little different, I think. Um, but I am excited that Jonathan finally got caught. Because <laughs> I <laughs> needed that it to happen.
2: <laughs> that needed to happen, uh, I feel like. We always talk about how he was the he's the more logical of the two uh, twins, whereas lately he's been really acting up. And I'm like, how do you people not see this? Um, there's if, if he starts acting pearly, there's always a reason behind it. He was very mean to Jordan last season, and we quickly found out there was a reason behind it. So if he's starting to do the same thing again, I was like, why are you people not asking more questions?
0: Yeah, Lois needs to start doing some journalism in her own home. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, girl, yeah. <laughs> open your eyes <laughs> a little bit. And the,
1: Cause the baby is going down the wrong path and Jordan's not going to tell her until it gets really bad. Cause he wants to protect his brother. But now that Jordan knows what Jonathan has been doing, perhaps we can like, he's not going to get in the girlfriend's face. That's not going to happen. But if someone could please talk to her, like stop supplying your boyfriend with the ex kryptonite because she was so honored Sarah,
0: Sarah yeah. will mess yes, someone exactly. up and put get Sarah out there.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need a, not a hallway fight, but we need some mm-hmm. barbs thrown in the hallway because that is her friend.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that Anderson guy, too, he's the to mind his own business. Yeah. Like uh,
2: can you like chill out? That's my contribution yeah, to that. <laughs> he's so <laughs> frustrating. I know he's supposed to be. Um, and I think it's supposed to highlight that this is a different DOD than the one General Lane ran. But I feel like maybe are we going in the direction where he could be the real villain? Because I knew he said there was going to be conflict here, but He's gone off book. He's doing his own thing. It's always the wrong thing. And it was really interesting that this episode highlighted how much stress and pressure he's under. I think maybe that could lead to him cracking at some point. There are three potential villains here, and I genuinely don't know which one is the big bad of the season. And I think now that we're nearly halfway through, that's a good place to be in because it could literally go either way. And So there are twists aplenty on the horizon.
1: That's true. And they each have different um, reasons for what they're doing. I'm, if I'm fair to Anderson and not just saying he's whining because Superman didn't become his best friend like he thought he would be. Like you said, he has um, he has a lot of pressure to get this right uh, and he's not getting it right. And everything he decides to do is wrong. Um, then you have Ali, who seems like she's trying to fulfill a uh, not a prophecy, even though it seems like it has been, been sold to her that way, but what she believes is supposed to be her destiny. And then uh, Bizarro's is trying to save his world, uh, and they're all going about uh, their agendas in very different ways, some more violent than others. Uh, and it is causing so much disruption in Clark and Lewis's life, more so Clark because he can't catch a break.
2: <laughs>
0: no, we can't. <laughs> if Clark yeah, he- alone, leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, and and Lois Touch. They they've both been through an awful lot lately. And they don't have no idea what's going on with their kids. But based on the promo photos from next week's episode, so one of them is about to find out. Oh,
1: yes. So excited. More Jonathan drama that will help him get onto the right
2: path. <laughs> it needs to happen.
1: Okay, so what else did we watch on the CW this week?
2: I watched Legends finale and Batwoman's finale last night, um, well Wednesday night, and I feel like I'll save what I want to say for next segment because they deserve it. Um, but I really enjoyed both. I'm going to miss seeing them both on Wednesday nights. I enjoyed watching them on Wednesdays far more than Sunday, and I feel like the CW schedule will be be a less fun place without them. But I hope it's only temporary because I hope the renewals are coming.
0: This week, I only watched Superman and Lois and Homecoming. I'll reserve more thoughts for Homecoming after my four-episode test. So, you know, keep tuning in and find out what I think. Um, but next week, I'm excited because it's Dynasty Week, right? What's mm-hmm. the date? Yeah, it's Dynasty Week. So I will be yapping about Dynasty. <laughs> i
1: <gonna> wait. I'm <laughs> really excited for um, your <laughs> Dynasty moment. It's going to be wonderful. Uh for me, I watched All American, All American Homecoming, Superman and Lois, and Batwoman. All American Homecoming. My one thing is, we're we're still growing. We're growing. We gonna we gonna wait <laughs> for 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 more episodes. All American was um, we're still in the interim, waiting to get to college. Um, that it won't be until next episode. But James Lafferty was on the latest episode. <laughs>
0: A shock to everybody. <laughs>
1: yes. I didn't think it was him at first. Uh, I was like, is that a lookalike? Is that James? And then they, like, he walked over. I think he walked over to go talk to, to Spencer. And I was like, that is James Lafferty. Like, I don't remember his character's name. I know he's supposed to be a washed up athlete. I think he had the gold chain going. He's the oldest dude at the party. He needed to go on somewhere, but he didn't. Um, and he's hawking uh, an energy drink, a hippo energy drink at that. It was weird, but I but- like seeing him.
0: The energy drink was hippo themed?
1: Yes. Was, I love a hippo, hippo,
0: so i am probably buy it.
1: <laughs> oh, well, it was a happy cartoon hippo, um, like plastered everywhere.
0: <laughs> Good for James, love to see him around.
1: Yes, exactly, love a One Tree Hill cameo. Uh, but moving on, And um, I kind of want him to, re- like, one more point. I think I do want him to return or someone else from One Tree Hill to come up just cause it was fun. Like it was just yeah. fun to see them. <laughs> Uh, But moving on to a roast and a toast, and I will start today um, because I want to roast the the CW, but not for like the shows are wonderful. Their renewal process is killing me. Um, I know we mentioned this earlier in in the show, but I need shows to be renewed (laughs) or at least some information like I was fine at the top of the year, but we're in March now. And there's still no news. You have the writers' rooms going. Watch our show on the CW app. Like, and I now feel like I have to tell everyone watch the show on the CW app. Like, to just keep plugging it because they're not. No one knows how things are gonna go. And last night, Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman ended in ways where um, they could serve as series finales if they had to. Even though the showrunners do have more story that they want to tell. Um, So it has you. It has at least me a little shock. And I don't want to feel
0: shook. No, I think we got so used to getting those advanced renewals that now that we don't get them, we're all kind of on edge. And we're like, do we campaign now? Do we have to start (laughs) hashtags? What are we doing?
2: (laughs) Nine times out of 10 watching the CW, you were always (laughs) like, Blessed because I know if you watch, if I start watching a show that's isn't CBS or a show that's on Fox, you're suddenly like, Oh, I have to hope this gets renewed. I'm not used to this feeling. Um, because the CW reviews like 9.999% of their shows, 99.999% of their shows, <laughs> 9%. <laughs> We'd be having a different conversation, i would um, be
1: crying. it's <laughs> so scared.
2: So it feels like. It's inevitable, but like, it's so strange here in like the TV line recaps of both Legends and Batwoman or the the interviews after the fallout with the producers. They're like, this character will be prone to a series regular if we get an eighth season. Oh, we could be dealing with this Batman villain if we get a fourth season. I don't think we've ever seen that as far as the Arrowverse shows go, because as soon as they finish a season, they've already been renewed. So it's just start planning for the next season. So it's, it's kind of uncharted territory here. I get why it's taking so long because of the wholesale process, but it's just, we're not used to this.
0: Yeah, I get it, but I don't like it. Can yeah. I also pile on on the roast of the CW? Unrelated, but I need a previously on segment. And I know they've probably cut them for time, but they threw me right into Superman and Lois this week. And I was like, hold on, I need like relevant clips. I need to know what <laughs> I need to look out for, what I need to remember. It's been a week or more. I don't remember now. But I, we, I need to, I'm going to champion bringing back the previously on recaps. I need them. Is it just you're me? Right.
1: No, you're right. Because you, I mean, I love the opening sequence for Superman and Lois. I'll just say that again. And yes. I get cutting it um, if there was supposed to be a previously on. Or, um, But we do need them because we go seven days without these shows and they're they're not the densest shows in the world, but they got a lot going on, especially Superman and Lois. And we do need some recaps because they've got like three different storylines going on and they're balancing them well, but we need like, remind us what happened last time.
0: Yeah. It's not the only show I'm watching. I, I don't want to be like th- just thrown in the deep end and be like, okay, we're back into it. <laughs> like, I need a little <laughs> bit of like, I miss the good old days when they would show like a, a clip from like previous season to introduce like oh this character is going to come back in this episode and you're like great now i'm like refreshed on what she's doing and what i need to be prepared for (laughs) like they they never um pulled any punches with the previous leons they were perfect and i just they cut them and i it just really um aggravated me this week
2: I could do with more of them i know what you mean between that and the uh, alley flashback last last week it was like a legacy sequence it was quite confusing to <laughs> follow the previously would grind us and watch what we were actually watching i know That's uh speaking of which i will take the toast i get to be positive today um <laughs> uh, and i will toast uh both legends of tomorrow and batwoman for completing what is some of their better seasons in bat, my opinion it was batwoman's best season by a mile the stuff they did with ryan wilder's family finally solidified her as a character and didn't just throw her into somebody else's story and the, the seeing the old batman villains the new versions of batman villains by far batwoman's best uh, season and I, it really leaves me excited for what i hope comes next um legends of tomorrow to me, was a comeback. uh, This season, it grounded the legends in a standalone place instead of taking them all throughout time. It gave them a solid goal to follow throughout the season. It did get a bit goofy in the middle, but in general, the whole thing, I would think, is probably about my third favourite season. So to do something like that seven seasons in is quite remarkable. Um, and I really, really, I've championed that show from the very beginning. I would love to see it get in season. So both shows have done a fantastic job. And I would hope, hope, hope they're at the top of the renewal piles for uh, this 2022 to 2023 season. I would love to see more episodes of them. And I feel like they deserve it. So that's my toast to Legends and Batwoman. Cheers. with them. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> um,
1: Batwoman, I, I only watched the Batwoman finale and it was spectacular like I just everything came back together um so I can hope for season four I have a toast and it's for the Batman and I will not spoil anybody um because this comes out on a Monday and you the diehard fans are gonna go on Friday um but for those who are gonna wait till the crowds go um just know it's good it's fantastic we're getting back to Bruce's roots in terms of like the detective work. It's a film noir. I've been referring to it as an emo noir because he's going, he's very my chemical romance in it. Mm-hmm. Like the the eyeshadow and the gruffness and the social awkwardness is great. And Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle is amazing. I think um but the best person is Paul Dano as Riddler. You're gonna love Riddler. I know people ragged on the costume because they're used to the whimsy. and the whimsy is not there costume wise but he is so unsettling as a villain i was very scared (laughs) through the (laughs) through the majority of the movie you would not want to have a run-in with the riddler so if you've been on the fence about the batman don't be on the fence just go just watch you're gonna get your entire life it's amazing
2: (laughs) i'm so excited and i'm so excited to discuss that and some other bat themed stuff in next week's episode
1: yes excited for next week's episode and that is where our teasing will end but you guys it's going to be so great so we will see you again next monday i'm sabrina
2: i'm michael
0: and i'm Reid.
1: bye y'all